Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Hello and welcome to another week of spiritual shit. I'm your host, Alia Lovely, and it's Friday, and today is kind of a surprise episode because I'm in the process of shifting how spiritual shit is going to work. My last episode that you may have listened to was Permission to Evolve. And so I'm in the process of working on several projects right now that hopefully will propel me in my career, but also in a way that I feel like I can help more people. And so I have a few more episodes that we recorded earlier in the year that I'm going to continue to air on spiritual shit periodically. But what I would like to do is give everyone deeper insight into their human perspective, being able to really become more present with the human body and learn more about what does it take to live a good life? How can we see magic in the everyday? Asking ourselves those important questions to get out of narratives that are keeping us from evolving and expanding. And so I really hope that you like the new format. It's very different than this podcast and It's really important that you're not multitasking while you listen to it. Uh, Some people said they thought that the music was distracting and so on. And I think that's fair. It's just that this, it's meant to be a full immersive experience. And so if you're trying to wash dishes or drive and do a bunch of other stuff while you're listening to it, it's going to feel like a lot to digest at the time. So um, if you're interested in that, obviously, go to The Pursuit of Magic on any where all major podcasts are held, and I really hope I see you there. But just to give you a few updates, something really exciting happened the last like, couple weeks. I got married. Cue the music. Yay. <laughs> I was very, very excited to, to move on. Those of you who have listened to the podcast for some time know that it's been a long time coming. And, um, we, we got to have a small surprise wedding, um, with a few family and friends right before we went off to Paris and had our own thing on 11, 11, 22, right? It wouldn't be me if it wasn't some angel number. <laughs> and so it's, I'm just, I'm almost like, I'm just so happy. It was a dream of mine to do something in Paris because I've shot so many people in Paris as a photographer And it was really cool to be able to be on the other side celebrating something so special. So I feel very grateful and I feel very thankful and I'm just really excited. So um, thank you for all your congratulations. I've seen a bunch of you on Instagram giving me all the gas and I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate you and appreciate this community so much. So with that, um, we're having Taylor Page on the show today. And what a wealth of information that she provided. We had such a good conversation. And we talk about angels, of course. We talk about angel numbers. And we talk about the witch wound, which I thought 
we got really deep into thinking about essentially how the patriarchy tried to smash spirituality and in the the essence of um, the feminine essence, essentially. It was really cool what she had to say about that. We also talk about oracle cards and readings and tips on how to trust yourself and your intuition. And it was a really, really great conversation. So I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Um, I know it's on a Friday and it's like, surprise, you weren't expecting that, but I'm going to do a few more of those. And then afterwards we do have an after interview on Patreon. So if you want to see that, you have to scroll down a little bit because I gave my Patreon members early access to that episode, but it's at patreon.com slash the lovely Alia. So anyway, I missed you all. It's so good to be with you again. Um, I really hope you go and subscribe to my new project it will get better. <laughs> I'm trying out such a new format. It's There's going to be a few kinks here and there, but again, giving me permission to evolve and I hope you give yourself the same. All right, let's get into it right now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely, and today we have Taylor Page, intuitive reader, workshopper, <laughs> all the things with regards to angel on the other, angels and the other side. Say hey to everybody. Hi everyone. So happy to be here. It's great to have you. Um, because as I was doing some of my research for our interview, I figured out that we have a lot of things in common, Oh, uh, like a lot. Um, shockingly, we both met our fiancés on Bumble. I hear. Yes. <laughs> During the pandemic. Yes. 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 My now husband, by the way. Oh, oh you got married. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. Oh, nice. Uh, when did you get married? We got married April 22nd. So four, two, 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 two. Yes. Just felt like <laughs> I had to get married on an angel number day. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. That's a, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, also you are an Oracle card reader as so am I. Um, wow. and I would love to hear so much about it's an angel number right now. It's three thirty-three here. Oh my gosh. That's like <laughs> my, one of my favorite angel numbers. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, awesome. I would love for you to tell our audience kind of like who you are. Um, you know, where did you get this connection to spirit and your ability to be able to lean into your intuition, to be able to connect to these readings in such a way that you, you know, you're not doubting it. I know there's so many of our listeners who are like, how do I know this is my intuition? How do I know it's not anxiety and so on? And they have a really hard time being able to distinguish the two. Yeah. So I am specifically an angelic intuitive. I really primarily focus on working with angelic energy. Like a lot of people, I grew up super terrified of extrasensory abilities that just were never explained fully or understood. And I just felt so scared and so haunted and so plagued. It was just attracted negative experiences to myself. And so I primarily focus on angels. And I think that's such a safe entryway point into this work for anyone who's curious about connecting with your intuition, connecting with your higher self, your angelic guides are pure love. So if you're getting any fearful messages and a big way that I like to distinguish this is is the message all the way back in the past? Because 
first of all, angels are not predictive. They are really here to help guide you, but they really honor your free will. And that's a core component of angelic energy. So if the messages coming through are all the way back in the past, like remember how bad that thing was, it could happen again. And if the messages are all the way in the future, like this could happen, that could happen, this is going to happen. That's not angelic energy. Angels will help you navigate your current circumstances right now. They'll be like the best way to move forward right now is to take this class or to heal this shadow. They'll give you what you need to do in this moment. Um, so that's one way for people who are not sure sure if what they're getting is from their angels or not. It's never fearful. It's in the present moment. A lot of the times our shadows, our traumas, our fears masquerade as intuition. And it's a very advanced practice to be able to distinguish between the two. So just keep practicing. And as far as I go, I grew up with a really intuitive mom. She was a Pisces sun and a Pisces moon 12th house because she was an Aries rising. So she was just pure spirit mysticism and she was an astrologer. And so I grew up in this world. And it's funny because even with that, I grew up scared. So I think it's just something so many people go through and I just kind of closed off earlier in life and opened up later, specifically working with angels and just practiced and practiced. And it was just green lights from the universe until I ended up here. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that like for you? I mean, cause like, so that's something we don't have in common. I, I grew up in a very religious background, mm -hmm. very fear-based, um, you know, and uh, having kind of like connection to intuition and so on very early on. Uh, my father has it. My grandmother has it. Everybody has it, but no one mm -hmm. talks about it. And mm -hmm. so it was like, this is, this may be a thing. You might be able to see those ghosts over there, but you're not allowed to talk <laughs> to anybody about it, you know? Um, so what was that like growing up in an environment where that was supported? Yeah, it was, it was interesting because it's not something I thought twice about. Like when you grow up, when I was a baby, my mom made a huge birth chart tapestry in my room of where all the plans were when I was born. And she was really scared that I had so many eighth house planets. She was like, are you about to get pregnant in high school? Like she was like <laughs> really nervous because my birth chart so intense. Um, but yeah, so to me, growing up with a spiritual mom was really cool because I think without that background for myself, I don't know if I would be here right now because I had every support from my parents and I was very nervous. I think a lot of us in this field have past life karmic witch wounds that we're all healing in this life. And for me, mine has been so paralyzing early in life. Like I couldn't even have people touch my neck. Like I've always had a weird thing with my neck. Huh. I've had different friends come up to me like, some were on mushrooms, some were on other things saying like, I see you as a witch, like being burned <laughs> and like freaking out. And like, there's just been so many things when I watch like witch trial things, I burst into tears. It's just like very raw. And the amount of work I had to do on myself to openly talk about what I do was immense. Like my first podcast interview ever. I mean, yesterday was my, or no, today is my five-year anniversary of doing this professionally. Actually. Oh, yay. <laughs> um, funny. So yeah, it's come a long way in those five years, but in the beginning I was shaking. I almost didn't go in to record the episode. I almost drove right away because there were so many fears to overcome. So I think I was purposely placed with a mom who would be a guide and a mentor to help me. And I'm really grateful for those circumstances. Yeah. I think about my daughter all the time and, and like, she's 
one, but I'm already like starting to see she's very intuitive and connected. And I'm like, okay, what is that going to be like for her to grow up in an environment where that's something that's supported, um, without, you know, pressuring her, (laughs) uh, in that way. I'm sure that's like, that's something your mom probably struggled with as well. Um, so let's get into it. Right. So like we have these angels. Okay. This angelic realm that we work with. And on this show, we talk about all the things. Um, and so when we think about angelic energy, for instance, um, it's just a particular entity, right. Or a particular frequency in which they reside. Is that how you view them? Yes. yes. Right. Um, so how do angels kind of interact in our life? Because a lot of times people will say, oh, my grandmother's my angel or Mm -hmm. so-and-so made me my angel or whatever. Is there a distinction between the two? which I think there is. And, um, and how, how do they differ? Yeah, that's such a good question because there are literally different definitions of angels for as many people as there are on this earth. There's a different definition. So, you know, your definition, your definition, whoever's listening to this, your definition is valid. But what I'm speaking about when I talk about angels are specific frequency of energy that are pure, unconditional love that are attuned to our individual higher self. So they can help us reconnect with our highest self. And they have been with us through all of our lifetimes and they've never been previously human. So that it's like when I feel past loved ones energy, like say, for example, grandma coming through, it feels very different to me than angels and even other animal guides or spirit guides or or whatever comes through. And so angels are just a very specific form of energy that honor your free will, that are pure, unconditional love, who are very gentle in the way that they guide. And there's different types of angels as well. There's angels that help the collective. There's angels that help the individual and the angels I work with mostly are our angelic guides who are really attuned to our highest self. Hmm. So devil's advocate here. <laughs> what is it? Um, I mean, cause, okay. So literally I had two interviews today and the other person that I talked to, we were talking about, about guides and things like that. And mm-hmm. I, I asked the question, why would guides want to help us or want to assist? Um, yeah. in your opinion, like who's, who signed up the angels to decide <laughs> to help us? Why is yeah. that? Cause that usually comes at least for myself coming from a religious background, yeah. the angels have kind of a, a heavy religious connotation to them. Yes. And I think I listened yeah. to, um, your to be magnetic, uh, interview and where, where they were talking about the context of that. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, is our interpretation of angels based off of our religious history yeah. or are they their own thing? Yeah. So I think there's such a temptation to personify the divine. We project, we project our human consciousness onto what we can't understand. So we try to give angels, like there's this type of angel that does this, there's this type of angel. We're projecting boundaries and human, human consciousness and thinking onto them. I don't think anybody has all of the answers for why things are the way they are. And I think it's so tempting to want to understand and put labels and put rules As far as religious context with like archangels and things like that, I think that like many things in the Bible and in the Torah and in different religious texts, there are seeds of truth there, but there's also human influence. And so I think the archangels are really forces that help humanity collectively. And I do believe that. And they have come through in sessions to me. But when it comes to why angels help us, it's kind of this big ineffable 
topic almost as if why are we here we have ideas of why we're here but I mean that Hubble was it the Hubble telescope that just took that photo yeah. with the tons of galaxies it's like yeah it's interesting because when I've asked like in meditation, angels, where do you come from? Like when I ask these big questions, they're like your little brain that can't understand. Essentially, <laughs> they say it in a nice way. But I saw this inverted black hole that was filled with light when I asked where the angelic realm was. And part of me is like, are angels just an alien force? Like in yeah. there, you know, like I've asked the exact same question. Are angels yes. just aliens? Yes, I think that, but what isn't alien at this right. point if it's not on earth? So it are all guides forms of alien beings? Like there's just so many big questions. And I think as humans, we need to focus more on what's happening on earth and what we can control and what we can fix here. And I think I don't have all of the answers, but I can definitely guess from what I have experienced with angels that they're here to help us because we're all one and it will help raise the frequency of like the entire planet, the entire universe. And they're, they're healers essentially of the highest order. Yeah. I guess it would make sense. I mean, I know this already, but like, if we want to help other people, wouldn't there be other entities that would want to help as well? If they're yeah. a part of that same energy, I'm sure that there are other entities that don't want to help and that are <laughs> yeah. like, Hey, no, don't, don't raise your vibration. <laughs> we don't need that. Um, yeah. so as above, so below, uh, as a hermetic yeah. principle. Yeah. So, uh, for you, what do you think, uh, currently since you're involved and in, and in touch with this angelic realm, have they given you any messages about what's happening in our world right now? Yeah. Well, in that kind of hermetic principle of correspondence way, we can see how, and I've been talking to other readers about this as well, how a lot of our clients right now are coming in with similar themes, similar right. Um, and so, so many people, and it's so cool because I read for people all over the world and everyone asks about the same three things. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants the same things. Everyone is like growing in a similar way. And so I think the collective right now, and the pandemic was a big Kickstarter for this. Right. The main thing I see is huge heart chakra upgrades collectively, and this sense of rooting out like weeding out by the roots what we have created from lower vibrational places on a collective scale and individually like I see so many relationships ending jobs changing big crossroad things that really needed to be rooted up from the very bottom from the shadows that created those lower vibrational things in our lives. And I think right now is a huge awakening, a huge up leveling. And it's a little bit chaotic because something that's come through to me is that yes, America is in its Pluto return. And yes, a new existence will be birthed from this. But the country that is birthed after the Pluto return will be in direct correlation to the consciousness of its citizens. So it's not like a done deal that everything yeah. is going to be solved, like cool systemic racism, like the, the planet, the environment, like all of these things aren't done deals. We have to continue to evolve and do our work because our consciousness is going to directly affect what is born. Ah, uh, I love that answer. And I love it because the there is this a little bit of fairy tale going on a little <laughs> bit uh, yeah. in spiritual world uh, where, where it's kind of like, we're going to have this shift then, which the shift is happening, right? We can see it. It's very palpable, but yeah. that 
we are, once this happens, everything goes back to, not back to normal, but goes into this kind of like happily ever after we're done and we've conquered the beast and there we go. And it's not quite the case. And in fact, like, at least from what I've been reading and things that have been coming through is like, we're in this massive shift right now to kind of ride the wave of this particular frequency to give Mm -hmm. ourselves the opportunity to evolve faster. But with that, there will be these systems that fall underneath it and they're not going to fall nicely. Mm-mm. So we, we're going to be in this for a minute, <laughs> yeah. uh, longer than a minute. Um, and so yeah. because of that, we need, like you said, we need to be in a, a sense of, of consciousness that whatever's coming after is birthed out of that particular, wherever that frequency is at. So that's yeah. why at least right now, it seems really important for us to be able to shift that awareness. So that way what's born after this is better than what we've had before. I 100% agree. And I think that it's no accident that the archetype of the witch has become so much more popular Mm -hmm. in the last decade. It's not seen as like green skin, scary (laughs) war. It's like this, it's this popularization and reclamation of the word witch. And the word witch has always been the fusion of spirituality and fighting against these systems of oppression. Mm -hmm. And that's why witches have always been persecuted in a patriarchal society and celebrated in a matriarchal one. And so it's really interesting to me how the archetype of the witch is waking up so many women and, you know, anyone with feminine essence in them that is relating with that. And it, it, to me, that's such a good sign for where we're going. (laughs) Yeah. You know, this is really interesting. I, um, and I'm going to butcher this and I forgot the exact, what, what she said, one of our mystery school participants, Meg, uh, gave me the whole breakdown, like the word, which meant, I believe Mm -hmm. it's of the earth, something like Mm -hmm. that, or like from the earth, something like that. And, and that women were working with the earth to help, you know, like maybe they were herbalists or botanists or whatever, like little herbs and alchemy and whatnot. And, yeah. um, I'm forgetting the origin of the word. I'll, I'll pin this when I figure it out, but basically <laughs> that women were working in with the earth and that became the term. Um, but that term didn't come around until like what the 1800s, 1700s, something like that. And so it was a very, fairly new term that this, mm-hmm. this thing came around. And so the persecution of basically women, Yes, uh, and like what they were able to do when they when they were in tune with their intuition, in tune with their psychicness, their ability to be able to heal, grow, mm-hmm. birth, all of those things. There has been an attack on that connection to spirit, to other side, to the earth as well, Mother mm-hmm. Earth, Mother Gaia, whatever you want to call it. So, what we're seeing in the news right now with all of the the you know Roe v. Wade and all the other stuff or whatever, it's like this very direct attack on women. Uh, to put us in fear. You know, everybody's like, yeah. oh, watch The Handmaid Tale. And I'm like, no fucking way. Am I going to watch that show when I, I know kind of the premise of it, but like to, to put myself energetically in a consciousness space that will make me afraid oh and gosh, make yeah. me feel fearful about what could, what's possible. Well, do you have anything to say on that? Yeah. I, I feel like there's so much to say on that. It's like something Let's I'm talk so about the witch wound. About. Yes. I mean, first of all, I watched The Handmaid's Tale and like a month or like the period I had that month after I watched it was like the worst I've ever had. And I was like, accident? I think not. (laughs) I think not. Um, So that's interesting. I also, to add on to the origin of the witch being persecuted, witches were natural healers. And when 
med school was invented, they didn't want women to, well, women straight up were not allowed to participate, but they also didn't want to lose their patients to these mm-hmm. healers who had been taking people for the millennia. And so they just started burning the competition literally. And it's, it's absolutely insane. And, you know, a witch wound doesn't mean that in a past lifetime, you were like hocus pocus doing spells. It means you were someone who was outside of the church's norm or the patriarchy's norm that they needed to get out of the way because you weren't an example of what a woman should be. Um, yeah. And so I think right now is it's so true. And, and I always say that a society's consciousness is so clearly represented by how they treat women and our society is so it's so interesting how you know and and to go even further there's a a branch of thought called ecofeminism that compares how women are treated with how the earth is treated Mm -hmm. because we're all and I mean how clear is it with Roe v. Wade being overturned that our bodies are things to be mined and harvested and controlled and taken from just mm-hmm. like the earth is yeah, ours yeah. to be mined and harvested I'm doing quotes for those listening and taken from we've completely lost the ability to be stewards of the earth and the animals mm-hmm. and everything is just what can we take and how much money can we make from it and how can we create a labor force but from women being forced to give birth yeah oh I, for whatever reason like this this particular topic triggers me to no avail like just (laughs) I mean racism yes like that for me as well but something about this is so much like this the insidiousness of that like the the forced birth or whatever you know like seeing like some of the the issues especially in our black and brown communities like it just there there's just such I can't I can't even it's ineffable right? Like I I can't even put words to it, how ridiculous it is. And so this witch wound, it's really interesting. I had a, um, you never, you ever start to fall asleep and you're not quite asleep and you kind of start to hear voices and things or whatever in that realm. Yes. Uh, You hear them (laughs) in the waking realm, but I'm sure you have that as well. Um, I was laying down and I had this, this, this moment where, um, someone had come to me and said, Anuk Amal, Anuk Amal. And I was like, no idea what that is. I still can't figure out what that actually means. Um, And then when I woke up, I like, or just kind of like, you know, got out of that astral realm, I wrote it down and I heard I'm the Vishler witch. Whoa, chills. And I said, Vishler, 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 something close to that. Couldn't figure out what that was either. Looked it up. Sounds of German, Germanic origins, Hungarian origins. Um, Me and my team kind of like looked together and tried to figure out what it was. And um, the the closest thing that we could find was Vishla, Mm -hmm. which is the dog, um, which was called a pointer. Like it's the origin word for the Huns of Hungarian, the pointer dog. But it was like, what if you are the pointer witch? The pointer, which the one that points out the one that shows people this and this and this. And I had this moment of like, because lately I've been in this space too, where I've been like trying to heal the witch wound. I don't think I was burned at the stake or anything like that, but definitely like the, the, the connection to healing, the connection to earth and so on, and wanting to reconnect to that magic, reconnect to that alchemy. What does it look like to be in tune again with that particular type of energy or frequency, the same way in which we're in connect connection to angels, but angels seem to be a bit more acceptable because of our religious backgrounds, patriarchal backgrounds and so on. So those who are witches, those are connected to the earth. And those who have that type of energy that bring the energy from the earth, instead of from the 
heavens are, are why is that so significantly worse than the other like what is your thoughts on that what so why is our ability to connect to the heavens so much more kind of condemned than I'm sorry. I don't understand the question. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> why, why is it that you think like, I mean, I understand like the patriarchy sees that angels are fine, but right. women who are practicing or being able to heal, do that connect psychicness right. or whatever. That's not okay. Yes. Yes. You know, it is interesting because I get way less people saying I'm going to hell than other people in this field. Mm-hmm. And I think the word angel is kind of a shield from that. Um, angel is just the closest definition I could find to right. the preferences that I work with. But I think part of the reason is because people who have psychic abilities don't need to look to a priest or a organization or anything for the answers they have all the answers within themselves and that's the most dangerous thing to a handful of people who are trying to control the masses that that was my thought I wanted to see if we were on the same page yeah it wasn't a test I was just like I I would love confirmation (laughs) about that I was like so interested in what you're saying that by the time the question (laughs) came I was like I'm flustered um I wanted to say though, that name that came through to you, I feel like that was like an ancestor. Like I just get this feeling mm. that was an ancestor. That's like reminding you of the magic that flows through your veins. Mm. Well, we, we can talk about that on the after show. I'm going to see if you can do a teeny <laughs> tiny reading for me with my, my Patreon group. If you guys want to hear the Patreon episode, go to patreon.com slash the lovely Leah to hear that later. Um, but so you said you were doing work on your witch wound. And you, you simultaneously work with angels and other entities as well. But what does that, what does that mean for you? What is it that you were feeling like you needed to heal in order to get in touch and in tune with your ability to connect? Yeah. My witch wound really manifested as being so scared to the nth degree of what other people thought of me and my spiritual practice. I was so scared that people would be like, Taylor's doing angel readings. Like, what does that even mean? You know? And I was so like trying to defend myself and trying to make sure people understood what I was doing and just so caught up in everything around it. I was so scared of persecution, of putting Mm -hmm. myself out there for my spiritual truth and having negative feedback or backlash, but I realized that by being in that vibration of fear, I was attracting my oppressor. And as soon as I was like, I don't care anymore, I attracted the people that helped me on my path and were right. And so when I was like playing it small and kind of apologizing for my existence and wanting no one to really know what I was doing, unless they like maybe came by from a friend of a friend that was safe, like in that energy, I was saying to the world, like, yeah, there is something to be scared of. And I was attracting the people who were like, what are you doing with the eyebrow raise? (laughs) And now I'm just like, yep, I'm a ninja intuitive. And my husband has been so healing. He tells everybody what I do. And he's like, so (laughs) proud of it he was like on a fishing trip in rural Canada like telling the tour guide like that I do angel readings you know I love it yeah (laughs) I think that's amazing uh because I also had very very similar challenges with that um mostly because of my religious background but also like it you know I I was a photographer for 20 years almost and like I had a very professional persona of who Aaliyah Lovely was and then when I, when I switched and I started the podcast and whatever, and I'm all out here, like with my curse words and <laughs> readings and talking to entities and ghosts and tripping and whatever, like 
that part of myself, I felt like finally free, mm-hmm. that aspect of finally free. And I know that a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people who are in this process of awakening and starting to learn more about themselves on a soul level are so terrified of really like letting their freak flag fly because it is just that, that like, how are people going to perceive me? Um, are people going to judge me? Are they going to think, what the heck am I doing? You know, that kind of thing. Um, if you had some suggestions or tips, what are things that people can do to overcome that fear? Yeah, I think when that fearful voice is so loud in our head, it's so easy to believe it and stay small. And you, so something that really helped me was making a promise to myself. Like when I hit rock bottom in my life, I was in an abusive relationship. I was sick. I was in the wrong career path. I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, never again, will I allow myself to be treated like this. And I kept that promise to myself. And so I think keeping promise to yourself and learning to trust yourself is like step one, because until you can trust yourself, you can't trust your intuition. So that is like step one. And step two is not taking things so personally and realizing that if someone in your life can't accept you for who you are, for what your truth is, and even if you can respectfully agree to disagree with them, that's fine. But if they're actively making you feel awful about yourself, that might be a sign that they're not on your highest path and don't deserve access to your energy. Not everyone is for everyone and that's fine. And so I think there is a certain level of needing to be okay with the ashes of the old being shed so that new, more in alignment things can come through as you're embracing this path. And it's not easy, but it also isn't giving the people around you the chance to love you. If you don't really show who you really are, you're not giving them the honor to really see you. And so many of my friends and my family have been the most pleasant surprise. Like I accept, I expected my mom to be supportive and excited for what I did, but like the way my dad talks about my readings, the way my other family does, like it's been the biggest gift to allow them to see me. Mm. That's beautiful. I'm so glad that you have that support from that. And that, that ended up, you know, being your story. Cause it is, it is really hard when they don't respond that way. Um, what a blessing to have that in your life. And I think that that's awesome. Like just in general, that's a wonderful message. Like if you are not being your authentic self, then you're not allowing people to love you, like really love you, really find you in that way. Uh, dispel the mask, you know, like uh, there was, I think I said it last week or something on a podcast and, uh, it's like self-hate is out. We're sexy now. You know, like, it's just like <laughs> yeah. a meme that I saw that I loved. Cause I thought this, this frequency right now is the time to really reveal who you are. Uh, if there's any ever has, if there's ever been a time to evolve, it's now, um, while we're in this kind of like moving forward energy. So that's really amazing. Um, so let's switch gears here a little bit and let's talk about those readings. Um, we know that you have a, a severe wait list, so don't plan on getting on her wait list or wait list anytime soon. Um, but I want to talk to you about how you read cards because you do Oracle cards as well. And, uh, I'd love to know like how you learned how to do them and how like spirit speaks through you in order to, to communicate. So yeah, I, I love my cards. It's how I started. I feel so connected with Oracle cards. Oh my goodness. I (laughs) I have a lot of those same decks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's awesome. So yeah, it's interesting because I actually get messages through my physical hands. So it takes me a little while to feel my way through all of the cards. Um, And so it's almost as if I've set up this code with my angels that 
the the closer I am to the beginning of the card spread is like closer in time and the further I get is like farther in time so huh. if I ask something and it's all the way over here it's like oh that might happen a couple of years from now that might be 10 years from now all the way so I just have a really interesting language with my cards I can feel all the vibrations from them through my hands and oftentimes it's a fun little game I play where as I've practiced on so many people for so many hours, I've obviously gotten to a place where I don't need my cards anymore, but I still just love them. And it feels so validating when I get the messages and then I flip over the card and it's saying the same thing. Um, And I just think that there's so, so much versatility to working with cards, different spreads. It's really good for beginners. It's just so beautiful. And so clairsentience is one of my main clairs. So Mm -hmm. feeling the cards, feeling the sensations, clairvoyance as well. I mean, all of them, but those are my two strongest and also knowing. Um, Yeah. I mean, I have a whole course on my website about working with Oracle cards and angels. So there's so much information there. (laughs) Now, did I hear that you did a, a whole year of free readings when you first started? Yes. Yes. So that was six years ago is when I started the first free year of readings. And that was what I called my internship year. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, there's no way that I can do this until I practice. And I felt like the ethics are just so important in this field and something I take so seriously. And I was like, I can't be putting words from spirit into my mouth. Like I need, I mean, words into spirit's mouth. I need to be like in a place where I'm so confident and comfortable before I could even think about charging people for this. So I basically said, there's no better way to practice than, uh, letting people come to me and I'm 100% self-taught. So that's how I taught myself. And that's kind of why I have my own funny method with my cards. (laughs) Um, so yeah, basically for a year, I said, anyone who wants to come to me can, and I had this crazy download to like sell all of my furniture in my apartment. It was a tiny little studio. And I basically just made it into a reading room (laughs) and for a year, friends of friends. And that was so cool too. Like I worked in a restaurant as a waitress at the time. And like everyone in the restaurant was spiritual and came to me for practice. Um, They told their friends, all of my friends, I was doing groundlings comedy school as well. And all of my friends from groundlings were like so supportive and all came to me. They still are. And so, yeah, basically just so many people in LA came to me for a year and it was the best practice. I love that. Cause you, you touch on something that's really important to me, which is integrity. And when we think about readings and we think about connecting to spirit, there are so many people out there, for instance, all of, have you gotten scammed yet? Like not, has your account gotten scammed yet? Every day there's like 10. I know it's so annoying. Oh my gosh. Annoying. Oh, it's been a year of just like relentless, like grand rising beloved, like (laughs) like approaching another, it's the new scam. Um, Anyway, so that if you guys are listening and I or her, uh, Taylor approach you and say, would you like a reading in your DMs of Instagram? It's not us or TikTok or anything. not us, not yeah. us. Um, so the, the integrity portion of it is super, super important. Um, when I, when I first started reading cards, it was maybe, uh, two, three years of just doing it for fun for friends. And so like, I, I remember I was in Paris with one of my friends and she, she had brought out an angel deck. 
And she was like, Ooh, let's read your cards or whatever. And she was literally just pulling one card and then reading from the book. And I thought, Oh, that's kind of neat. I want, I want some cards. And so I went to the store, bought some cards, and then I would just do it kind of like for myself and, you know, figure out the book. And then I started doing it for friends here or there. And um, then at some point, one of my friends who lives in, uh, who lived in Montreal, I came to visit her and we were going to go to this place called Dacha, this like really cute bar that did like tarot readings or something. And the reader, like somebody had dropped out and they're like, do you know anybody who can read cards? And she's like, you should do it. And I was like, ah, oh my God, maybe I don't know. I've never really done it in this kind of setting. Um, and then I did it. It was in that, that reading, those practice, I read like 20 people that I developed the method that I still do today. Wow. but it was on the spot. Like it was like a channel, yeah. like, okay, I'm going to do it in this pyramid kind of like whatever, like the same way you said, like there's a, a organization to your cards Yeah. anyway. And, and that was the beginning of it. And then with, um, I heard on another interview of yours that COVID was really like, um, monumental to your shift and you dropping the other job and you really yeah. doing this full on full time. Yeah. COVID was huge. Same. I mean, I met my husband during COVID yep. <laughs> um, and I was so nervous to go virtual because I was like, what if it's not the same? What if yeah. I don't feel anything? And like, at that point I had done a few readings via FaceTime for people that weren't in LA, but I was still just a little bit hesitant. And it's so funny, like similar to your story at the bar, it's like, it's just us keeping yeah. ourselves back. But then as soon as you did it, it was like amazing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so that was what really helped my business move forward is when I went all virtual because mm-hmm. I could read for people all around the world. Yeah. And yeah, I just haven't looked back since that. It's almost better virtual because I feel like my energy is not entertaining with theirs as much as it would in person. How do you feel yeah. about that? Yeah, I've gotten so used to virtual mm-hmm. and I feel like it's nice for people to have their own space, be yeah. comfortable, not be like stressing about parking and trying to do this yeah. and into the session. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. A hundred percent. Um, okay. But yeah, back to the integrity portion, like for you, how do you get to a space? Like, how do you prepare the space for giving someone a reading? People come to us for help, for clarity, for reflection, yeah. Uh, in any way that they can. And in some ways it's not, it's not like therapy, but <laughs> we're trying to give them guidance and reflection to, to help them help themselves. Yeah. Um, how do you get into a space where you are in such a clarity that you know, that the messages that are coming through are directly from spirit? Yeah. So because of the integrity portion, I live my life in a very playfully strict way, I would say, because like strict is a little too intense, but playfully strict. I try to treat this as if I was what my mom called a spiritual athlete, like Mm -hmm. having to be able to reliably show up in a high vibe place. And I have canceled sessions because, or rescheduled sessions because I didn't think I could show up as the way I needed to in that day. And when like traumatic, when tough things have happened, like when I lost my mom last year, I took a month off. Like I could not hold mm-hmm. space for that month. And so Sorry for your I, loss. Thank you. Yeah. The one year anniversary was actually yesterday, right wow. next to my angels and amethyst anniversary, which I don't mm. think is an accident. She was my biggest supporter. Yeah. Um, and I feel like loved ones always pass near significant dates. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I live my life in a way that I really take care of my health. I really take care of my mental health, mind, body, soul health. And really everyone in my life knows like there are certain sacrifices like my family knows not to call me during the day and like if something happens I have to know after my readings like there is certain 
boundaries and ways that I need to structure to reliably show up for my clients each day. Um, and other than that, you just have to be so transparent and clear with your clients if you're not feeling well. And on top of that, if you are feeling well and you're giving your sessions and everything's good, if I'm not 100% sure about a message, I don't say it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, I feel like the same way, like there, there is, there's so much that goes on for this industry, I guess you call it industry, um, (laughs) that is important to be protected. And a lot of times, like I, obviously that our jobs are kind of weird because they have a lot of stigma attached to them still. Mm -hmm. And there's still this element of, you know, like, but can you prove it? Can you not? Can you this? Obviously the people who come to you believe what it is that you do. Um, right. But there is, there's so much that goes into trying to keep yourself. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just to keep yourself in that kind of state in order to deliver the message properly. Yeah. It's like, you wouldn't go drinking out and be out all night, three in the morning. If you had a surgery the next day, right. you know, it's kind of, it's not similar, <laughs> But, but in that way, we're just, we're in this, this space of just, uh, like we need to be able to show up for people in that way. And I think that's why we're in the work that we do. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your workshops? Yeah. Um, so I have two workshops. One is already recorded on my website. It's the be your own angelic intuitive workshop series. Um, it's three weeks and it's all about learning to connect with your angels, learning to work with Oracle cards. There's a little bit of information about what it's like to read for other people. So it's really good for all levels of experience. Um, and that's like, if you have any questions about angels, it's probably in that workshop, it's all encompassing. And then my next workshop is actually upcoming in September. So I'm not sure when this will come out, but, um, no matter what time it is, it will be on my website as well. And it is a workshop all about connecting with your angels and your angelic intuition to find soulmates connection. So it's all about navigating romantic love from an angelic perspective. And it's all of the tips and methods I use to meet my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have so much in common. Oh my God. All right. We're going to talk more about that on Patreon on our after show. So if you want to head over there, go to patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah. And last but not least, how can people find you? Yes. So I'm so glad that you brought up the scammers because before I talk about Instagram, I'm always saying I will (laughs) never DM you. You can only look on my website. I don't get a feeling off your picture. Just please. So yes, my web, my Instagram is the most active place to find me. It's at angels and amethyst. And there's two underscores between angels underscore and underscore amethyst, kind of a mouthful, but mm-hmm. angels and amethyst. Um, that's where I'm most active. And then angels and amethyst.com is my website and, and is spelled out. It's, um, and where else? Yep. Those are the two best places to find me. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I am so looking forward to kind of tapping into your intuition on our after show. Um, But you guys, if you like this episode, please share it with someone you love and we will see you in the next one. I 
hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Leah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you.